the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 955 and AM 750. WSB. We are America. One voice united Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. I understand hey, you Herman, in Fairfax, how you doing, buddy? Virginia. I'm good. You're in Fairfax. I'm here at a John Kasich rally. Kasich has decided to skip Nevada. Uh, so he's not going to be there for the caucus tomorrow night for the Republicans. So instead, he is uh, stumping for votes in the March 1st states, whether you call it the SEC primary or Super Tuesday. And so he's been up in Vermont and Massachusetts over the weekend, now uh, down here in Virginia for a few stops today, then going to Georgia tomorrow, and I think ending up as well in Mississippi and Louisiana. So he's trying to get a little head start on those other states. Uh, it's interesting. He's got a big crowd here. He's got all, about 1,000 people here at George Mason University, but not much of the local media. I thought it was sort of interesting to see that. I think it, it's sort of tough for Kasich to break through right now, given all the attention, obviously, on Donald Trump, on Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio. And obviously, after this weekend, Herman, we can get into it more in detail, but my first read would be that uh, both Trump and Hillary Clinton are in very strong positions right now, and I, 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 I could almost envision a scenario where they both almost all but wrap up their party nominations with a big outing next week on Super Tuesday, Herman. Now, the Democrats... Are people also voting for the Democrat nominee on Super Tuesday? Yeah, you've got, I think it's uh, I think it's 10 or 11 states in all for the Democrats. I know it's 11 for the Republicans. Some of them are in the South, like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee, but you've also got a number of uh, northern states, a few in New England. You've got Virginia, you've got Minnesota as well. So a, a real slice there. You know, I think uh, Bernie Sanders, by not being able to win in Nevada, it, it definitely took a little wind out of his sails, and I, I think it probably has boosted the spirits an awful lot of the Hillary Clinton people. I, I really do yeah. think that if she had lost in Nevada on Saturday. I think it would have been total panic this week in the Democratic Party. It's not to say that Sanders uh, might not win here or there and still win some delegates, but it just seems to me right now, at least, that she has a real advantage going not only into the, the primary at the end of this week in South Carolina, but also all the Super Tuesday states on March the 1st next week, Herman. Well, I noticed that Jeb didn't waste any time suspending his campaign as expected, but Ben Carson, and I know you had a Kasich rally, and he said he's going to continue to push forward because he thinks that his message is getting out and people are starting to understand, you know, his resume and all of that. But Ben Carson hasn't made any inclination, has he? Uh, no, no. Carson has a schedule for the next two days in Nevada, so I, I don't sense that he's getting out then, and I really don't sense actually that he wants to get out anytime soon. I mean, I would assume he's running enough of a low-budget operation where he could go for a little while, and you almost have to wonder, Herman, if being left unsaid is the fact that he's staying in the race to sort of get back at Ted Cruz. You know, some of his voters might float over to Cruz or some over to Trump even. I, uh, I interviewed some people last week who said they were just between Trump and, and Carson, uh, but it's obvious to me, look, at, at the results from South Carolina over the weekend and Don, let's not bury the lead here. Donald Trump not only won, but he won all 50 delegates in South Carolina. Uh, it seems at this point in time that uh, that outcome there really raised a lot of red flags about Ted Cruz and the strategy that he could stop 
Trump in the South. You would have thought with his organization and his work there that Cruz would have done better than a close third to, uh, Mark, behind Marco Rubio. Uh, and, and Cruz is going to have to step up, as is Rubio, over the next 10 days to find somewhere to slow Trump down, or else this thing could be over before anybody pays attention. Uh, you know, I think that the size of the crowd here tells me, at uh, this case it could have been in Virginia, and the size of the crowd, for example, that Rubio had outside of Nashville yesterday, over 4,000, that maybe people are starting to uh, sort of figure out that if they don't act now, they're not going to stop Trump. I'm telling you, Herman, it's a, it's a real edge right now uh, for Trump, and it makes it very difficult for candidates like Kasich or others to sort of stay uh, up top in this conversation. It's not just the other candidates that want to stop Trump because they're running against him. You still have uh, organizations out there like Club for Growth who are still yep. spending money to try and stop Trump. Well, and, not that uh, much money has been spent to stop him. I think I saw a Wall Street Journal article today that said that it was a very small amount of money that has been spent on negative ads against Trump. So really, he has not faced an avalanche like, uh, say, Rubio has or others. So, look, it's still early. We've only had three states. The problem is is that uh, it's such a wide playing field next week, and I think that almost sort of uh, helps uh, Trump, in a sense, because of his loud megaphone. And so that's why we're seeing somebody like a case here in Virginia try to get a head start on some of these Super Tuesday states. Uh, but, boy, it's, I, I'd have to say, just like it's an uphill fight for Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side, it's an uphill fight on the Republican side for those who'd like to stop Donald Trump. Well, the Club for Growth did announce that they were going to spend a million dollars of their advertising. I'm not talking about the advertising spending by other candidates. I'm talking about Club for Growth. Yeah, well, a million. I'm not sure a million is going to do that much. I mean, I, I know think. it won't do that much. Maybe they were just talking about our. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the bottom line is that this this reminds me so much now of the 2010 eruption of the Tea Party, where the Republican Party was pretty much caught flat-footed by the Tea Party. And they only figured it out two years later. They, they had hoped that the Tea Party would sort of just go away, and instead a lot of those guys were able to win seats in the Congress in 2010. And then the, the Republicans, sort of uh, the elected officials in the establishment, realized they needed to uh, you know, basically punch these guys in the face and punch them hard. Well, they haven't done that with Trump. And, um, you know, there's, there's really no issue that's out there. When you interview voters at the Trump rallies, it's not that they're there because of one issue or another issue. They're there just because of the basic feeling that Washington, D.C. is not working. Yep. It stinks to high heaven, and it's got to be changed. And, you know, uh, Trump has been able to harness that energy in a way that nobody else has, and that's one reason why he's in such command of this race right now. Uh, some stories are out there about Rubio in terms of, his favorability in Florida. Have you heard anything? Because that obvious is his home state. And I've heard some reports about his favorability being down in Florida. Well, I think, look, he has, um, he has suffered because of Jeb Bush being in the race, but I would bet over the next few weeks that uh, if he's still alive and if things are still going by then, which is the 15th of March, then I would bet that a lot of those Bush people would come over to Rubio and others would come over to him, too, and he'd make a better uh, showing. But at this point in time, let's be honest with the polls show. The polls show Donald Trump in the lead in Florida. The polls show that Donald Trump in the lead in most every state that we've seen, and, and that's what makes yep. it so hard for some of these uh, others to try to reverse that. I mean, let's just look at, at some of the states that are voting on March the 1st or tomorrow in the it would seem like Nevada would be an easy win for Trump. Next week, you've got your home state of Georgia. That would seem to tip toward Trump. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee. Now, those three states, for example, Ted Cruz has done work in them, but it doesn't seem to be showing. About the only state where I think the polls have shown somebody other than Trump ahead is Ted Cruz's home state of Texas. And certainly, if you're going to make a stand, you better win your home state. And that would be true for Rubio as well. Yep, you're absolutely right. How long do you think Carson can actually stay in the race, even on a low budget? I think he could stay as long as he wants, frankly. Uh, he does not seem to have a great deal of... Uh 
uh, of staff, a great deal of expenses or anything like that. He still has a very effective uh, uh, direct mail fundraising effort, which is bringing in money. So I would think that he could be a lot like, say, a Rick Santorum and stick around for a while. Uh, uh, you know, maybe he gets out, but uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, with all the press that the, uh, the the sort of the battle between Cruz and Carson got in Iowa and the dirty tricks that have been alleged there, I sort of still wonder whether Carson is sticking around because he does drain away some votes for Cruz because of that. You know, the one thing that was really dramatic about this weekend in South Carolina was the fact that Donald Trump won the evangelical vote, not Ted Cruz. I mean, Trump had, I think, 33 percent. Cruz was about five behind, and then Rubio was about five more back. So even after all that work, Ted Cruz was not able to win the evangelical vote. And I interviewed an evangelical minister the other day at a Trump rally, and I said, you know, doesn't Trump sort of make you squirm a little sometimes? And he said, yeah, yeah Trump's message uh, sometimes is a little uh, not what he would preach, uh, but he said that Trump is straight up. And I took from that line yep. that they believe yep. that he is the guy that's going to say the things that need to be said. So how about that? Ted Cruz trying to position himself as the outsider that's been co-opted and taken away from him by Donald Trump. And see, Ted has still been pushing the only true conservative. Rubio's, Rubio's been saying, you know, he is conservative. And Trump isn't worried about those labels. And, and like the example that you just gave, sound like a lot of people aren't worried about that. Listen, I think there's a lot of voters we've been led to believe otherwise. I think there's a ton of voters within the Republican Party that don't care about the details. Yep. They care about somebody that's going to lead them. Now, that obviously leads to a lot of con- conflicting messages, maybe when you get down yep. into the details of policy and more. Uh, but it's clear to me that when you interview the voters at a Trump rally, they are not there because of fill-in-the-blank. They're not there because of abortion. They're not there because of the death. They're not there because of the military. They're, they're not there because of this or that. They're there because they think things have gone off the rails, and this guy is the one that they believe who is the most uh, uh, honest and earnest in trying to fix that. Now, whether that's going to happen, that's a wholly, uh, totally different view. But again, in South Carolina, you look at the exit polls, Donald Trump was again able to win across all stripes of the party. Only Marco Rubio is able to do it in the same way as Trump is, and it's at lower levels. Ted Cruz is overbalanced toward the right of the party. Uh, John Kasich is uh, overbalanced to the left of the party. But Trump is able, I think, what, he won 29% of very conservative voters in South Carolina. He won a majority of evangelicals. He won 35% of of, uh, somewhat conservative voters and about 35% of moderate voters. So he is the the perfect candidate in terms of going across all the spectrum of the Republican Party. But it's not really an issue-based kind of thing. And I think it's frustrated the living daylights out of the Cruz people and, and even some of the Rubio people because it makes it very, very difficult for them to find a way to attack and to sort of say, hey, wait a second, don't vote for him. You've got yeah. to vote for us because of these issues, because the issues aren't really part of the, of the Trump effort. And on that same note, now I'm hearing more and more for some of, from some of these news stations. They keep now raising the flag about Trump can't beat Hillary based upon some favorability one on one comparisons. Have you seen some of those? in terms of the credibility of them and things like that, because that's the one that I'm hearing most now. Well, the polls, do show, the polls do show that Trump lags other Republicans head-to-head with Hillary. Uh, and I think, you know, I saw again today there's a number of Republicans who are out there, more conservative Republicans who are saying under no circumstances will they ever vote for Donald Trump in the fall. And I, I understand that. Eight years ago, a lot of people said, well, the schism between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama would never be smoothed over and the Democrats would lose. Well, that didn't exactly happen. Uh, I fully believe that if it was Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, that a number of people would come back to the party. I mean, really, if if you want to stand on principle, that's fine. Uh, Hillary Clinton can win. 
Uh, I just think in, in the end, a lot of there will be some people who will refuse to vote for Trump. But I, I just think it's way too simplistic and early to say, oh, he's going to lose and there's no way he could ever win. Mind you, remember, there were a lot of people who said in the last few months there was no way he could ever compete and there was no way he could ever oh, win yeah. the Republican nomination. And oh, that yeah. has not turned out to be true. Hadn't turned out to be true at all. So the Trump phenomenon continues. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie, for your help. All right, Herman. We'll see you later, buddy. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.